1: in the car before my kids PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voice by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast
1: Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
0: From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azov and Stephen Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the ball. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azov and Stephen Rosner.
2: what's up everybody welcome to this episode of the back check after a brief hiatus we are back brendan with me as always is Stefan rosner rocking a fresh haircut Stefan, how you doing today buddy
1: appreciate, appreciate it. i got yes they've cut some hairs off my head so it was a good day it was a good day Wait, before we get started you know what, you're at a getting a haircut right yeah and the barber says something to you and you don't know what he says do you ever tell them like can you repeat that no you always say okay yeah sure mm-hmm. so I don't know if this is what I asked for. I don't think so. I think I asked for a fade, and they just gave me whatever on the sides. But he asked me a question. I didn't understand what he was saying, so I said, "Yeah, sure." And then you get what you get. And you don't get upset. So I think it looks lovely. Um, you were yeah. watching
2: him cut your hair, not the way you wanted it, and didn't. Oh, want to so speak, I never. Actually,
1: you know what's even crazier is he didn't turn me around to face the mirror until the end. He did it everything like me not looking and me. I was pressed for time. We got to get ready to go to Arizona. Like I'm. I just wanted to get out of there, in and out. He like he didn't even do much of anything afterwards. Like that maybe nice little shave of these little hairs there. Didn't do that, and then he turns me on. And I'm like, yeah, sure, good. Sent, so gave him the money, gave him the tip, walked out the door, sprinted home, or drove home. I didn't walk. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, so I uh, thank you. thank you for the comment on the haircut. If it wasn't oh,
2: the- of course, of course, of course, it was a compliment. You know, we got to gas up the boys, but we got an exciting episode today because the Rangers and Islanders are both tied in the standings they have the exact same point percentage point total and games played and they are occupying the two wild card spots at this moment the islanders are above them uh, i believe because a goal differential regulation overtime wins one of the tiebreakers the islanders have it uh we also have to mention which i think we're going to get started with is alexander ovechkin i believe the greatest goal scorer of all time i know that i tweeted that out today and i got some People coming back, some older guys that are like, oh, you, you're forgetting Mario Lemieux and Gretzky, all these guys. But I think the goaltending is better now. Mike Bossy might be the greatest goal
1: scorer. I think Bossy is the greatest and that his career got cut short. I mean,
2: yeah, that's crazy. why he could never be considered it. But Mike Bossy
1: was unreal. But so was Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> Before we get to Ovechkin real quick, uh, I have a funny Bossy story is that I know someone whose dad used to rep him at like Reckley Cocky in juniors in Canada. And they said that he, I forgot. I'm gonna might confuse the sides, but let's say in juniors, Bossy would only shoot blocker side. When he went to the pros, all of his goals, he like he he'd just go glove side every time. It didn't matter. Like the way that he was just able to. Didn't, it's like Ovechkin. Actually, it's actually a perfect example. I think. Pat on the back for Stefan here. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, we'll see in one second. Uh, let's go to commercial. No, I'm kidding. But uh, Ovechkin's one timer. Right? You knew it was coming. You know where he's gonna go with it every time. No one can cover him, and no goalies, very few, can stop. Like they know it's coming, and you can't stop it. And that that is why he's—you could say he's the greatest because you—he hasn't had to change his game. He does the same exact thing, and no one can stop it. And no one's going to stop it for as long as he's been in the league. It's insane.
2: And it's it's big goals too. Like but it's not
1: just—you
2: know—a lot of goal scorers that are pure goal scorers. We'll score goals, and then they have the, you know, what ifs of, like, can they do it in the playoffs, right? I think McDavid, uh, until last season, is just absolute crazy showing, was one of those players where we know they're going to get their points, get their goals, get their assists, but can they continue into the playoffs? And Ovechkin never had that question about him because as soon as the Capitals reached that level where they were you know, perennial playoff contenders, he was always performing in the biggest stage. So I think that when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, like you mentioned, we know where the majority of his goals are coming from. You still can't stop it. But even the ones where he's kind of maneuvered his way around the league, where now people know and they're privy to his slap shot. So he's now stepped down. He's bearing rebounds. He's in front of the net. He's such a big guy that I don't think people realize just the absolute specimen that he is, that he scored goals now in every single way you possibly can. And his 800th goal was a prime example. It was a net front battle. He just poked a loose puck in. So it's Great not pass like...
1: That. Great passing, by the way, because yeah. that was unselfish hockey right there. I forgot who made yes, that. Yes, it ball. was. Kuznetsov?
2: I don't think it was Kuznetsov. Whoever but... it was
1: easily could have just buried it. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to be the guy that gets the assist, the Apple on Ovechkin's 800th, put myself in the record books with him and makes that little pass over there. But you just said he's a physical specimen. And that's the craziest thing is like the reason he's able to break all these records despite his age is that... Bes- He's a big guy, but he's also – he's played a physical brand of hockey. He just never got hurt. I think it was a couple of years ago he missed like two – I think he's missed more time by getting suspended for not going to All-Star games. Than <laughs> That's he <has>. probably
2: right.
1: <laughs> he has like long – I think he actually got hurt a couple of years ago and he was out for a little bit. But Besides that, he's been healthy. And it's crazy because he plays such a physical – like he lights people up. And back in his heyday, like he was doing Mc, – not McDavid-like things to that extent, but what was that goal where he scored where he deep threw everyone and slid – that uh, was against it.
2: Brian Boucher. I think that was his rookie year or was one of the his first, first years. NHL goal? I don't think so. But- no,
1: ever- sorry. <laughs> Eberly's first NHL goal is stupid silly. If you haven't seen that, Google it. He did something like Ovechkin did. But, yeah, Ovechkin used to be able to deke through and dangle. And as he's gotten older, he's been smarter, where he's just going to find the spot, rifle the puck, and get the goals. And just for him to be one of three players ever, to get 800, let's be real. How old is he now, 37 or 38?
2: I think he's 37. I think he has till he's 40 to really break it.
1: So if, if you think hypothetically that he could score 50 each season for the rest of his career, right? Get close to that. He can very well score a thousand goals before he retires.
2: It's, it's crazy it's to tough. think about.
1: It's going to be tough. But at the same time, how can we ever doubt Ovechkin?
2: I think that it would be the icing on the cake if he was the first player ever with 900. Like that's the point where he could probably retire.
1: But he could definitely do like that's not out of the that's that's like likely.
2: Yeah, it, it really just depends on how long he wants to keep playing and how long he wants to keep playing in North America before he's like, all right, let me go back and while well, I still have some legs, because I think that ultimately he's going to wind up playing a couple of years in the KHL when it's all said and done. You should go just, play he, Yeah, that would be checked though, so I don't know if he wants to do that, but um, and that's also second league check because. <laughs> That, that's a story, by the way, we can get into it in a second. But
1: <laughs> Yeah, keep going.
2: Anthony Manta was the one that got the assist ah, sure. on his game-winning goal because Netzov had the secondary, so we'll give you a little prop there. You were, weren't too far off. But did you see the story of Jager? He So the yeah. team he owns, right? yes. he doesn't play for them anymore. No. He retired, but they had an illness going through them, so he decided yeah. that he was going to step in and he had two points in the game. Like what? Imagine a 50-years-old coming off the couch and just going, you know what, it's too easy for me.
1: Brendan, I, I don't Holy want to get God. out of bed and live today. That's <laughs> what I'm, I'm saying. Like,
2: my desk is legitimately right next to my bed, and it's hard for me sometimes to get up from that bed and sit in my desk chair to start working, so remember I can't the, imagine uh, what he's doing.
1: Remember the Yager story? I can't tell you what year it was, but I, he uh, was in bed with a, with some mom. Oh, yeah. And I, I think he's married, right? He has kids and yes. stuff. So he, clearly, he was cheating. And I remember the girl goes, if you don't give me money or whatever, I'm going to post it. He goes, screw that, and he posted it himself.
2: <laughs> it's Different mentality. Like that, that's something I, I don't know if I'm going to condone, but no, at the no, same no, time, I'm it's just, you got to be, uh, Yeah, you have to have a different, like, I think that what separates, you know, professionals, whether they're going to be minor leaguers for like, or NHLers is really that mentality of, you know, I, I'm, I belong. Right. You see so many times where guys who should be NHLers come up or get that first opportunity and they're hesitant. They don't really have that confidence. And the guys that do are the ones that stick and Yager's confidence is definitely unmatched.
1: I mean, Ovechkin, he's been confidence from the get-go. I mean, that, I think it was the other day there, were the Caps GM said, I'm not going to rebuild while, while Ovechkin's here. Yeah. and Quite frankly, you, you shouldn't. If you're going to rebuild, you, you get rid of Ovechkin. Like it's just, unfortunately, I would have been nice to see Baxter be on the ice for that. Cause he would have been on the ice mm-hmm. with him probably. And unfortunately Baxter has been dealing with injuries. I think he's, he probably is going to return at some point this year, but I mean, Those two have been through it. I mean, the biggest, like the Islanders. The Islanders have a Backstrom comparable player-wise in Barzal, just playmaking. The reason the what the Islanders need is an Ovechkin to their Backstrom, which is how you compare it. And it's crazy because that duo has been insane. And if Backstrom was healthier, you know, the things they would, the records they would break together. But. Yeah, for the Capitals, I mean, Alex Ovechkin was a guy you drafted. He stayed with him your whole career. The same thing we're going to see with Crosby. He's never going to leave. And I feel like we, we just kind of lose track of that in, in professional sports and hockey too, like Wayne Gretzky leaving. You know, that should never happen. It, it happens, but that should never happen. And we get why that happened back then and what they got back. But when you see franchise players drafted, it's just cool that they spend their whole entire career. Like, that's, that's how sports should be.
2: Yeah, except for McDavid and the Oilers. He should leave.
1: Oh, he's got to go. He's actually, <laughs> he should just go to L.A. and just copy yeah.
2: He's got to get the heck out of there. We need yeah, we we need, need him on the East Coast. Time.
1: We just need prime time. You miss, you don't understand. And it's for every sport. When you're watching a player do what he does, you don't appreciate that in like 15 years. You won't get to, like, you're not, there'll be players that are going to be really, really good. And there's yeah. always players that every year, you always have players better. And that's just how the sports work and life works. Like, just, we've never seen anything like this. And in 10, 15 years, where we're talking like, hey, you remember that one, that, you know, that player, Conor McDavid? you're gonna be telling your kids about this guy, Conor McDavid, who to them, like, is our parents watching Gretzky. And then our grandparents watching Hal. Like, we'll never experience those guys. And I don't think they probably appreciated what they were seeing either. And it's been hard to appreciate McDavid besides watching him on NHL Network on the highlights because we just don't get to see him in primetime. Or, you know, we got to see him in the playoffs. They went on a run, but he's got to get the heck out of Edmonton.
2: Yeah, I was fortunate enough to see him play the Lightning here this year um, down in Tampa. And whenever you get the chance to see a player like that, you probably have to go. <laughs> and Rating some, points goal. Really points goal last oh, night was God.
1: That, not even that, <laughs> that was
2: unreal. but
1: you could see that the backhand shot handcuffed. Who, who uh, was it? It was Grubauer.
2: They, they wound up pulling him. I don't know. I don't think they pulled him after that. Oh, wait, that's after the, the worst move
1: that... That's the worst move that Seattle's made in franchise history, by the way.
2: Oh, he—he's he's been terrible. Like even on that goal, that's an absolutely unreal effort by Point. But you
1: kind of got You're he, off your angle. You got to make.
2: He's—he was sliding. Like he didn't protect any part of the up, like the top part of the net. And there's no angle for Point to really get that shot there unless Grubauer is off. His,
1: off his angle, yep. yeah. So it was. Uh, I mean, it's Grubauer. He's a mess. That contract disaster. They had Decord and, uh, and um, who's the guy from Florida? Oh, oh my
2: God! Yeah, you're making me blank on the name too. What happened to him?
1: He played. He played the other night. What's his name?
2: Because I know it's Jones and Grubauer were the two back. Uh, yeah, the core two duo. Right.
1: Uh, it's um, what's his name? Drieger.
2: Yes, Chris, Chris Drieger.
1: Yeah, they didn't need Grubauer. Like they didn't need that at all. But whatever, it's done. It's done. They're they're playing well this year. Much better.
2: They they're a good hockey team. That that was a rough game last night, but the Kraken have young legs. They probably have the Calder favorite too. So. And yep, yes. he looks—he okay. <laughs> looks like what we wanted LaFreniere to look like. Uh, but before we get into the Rangers and my lovely spiel on them, both good and bad, let's start with the Islanders because you briefly mentioned them. You talked about Barzal. You talked about how they're missing that one counterpart. I know that you know, that's going to be the talk, especially as the deadline approaches. What can they do to help out? But like we mentioned at the top of the show, right now they're in a playoff spot, same as the Rangers. They're in the wild card, but you got 52 games left in the season, so a lot of time left to improve that positioning and a lot of time left to lose that positioning too. So tough game last night. They played the NHL's best, and they took them to a shootout, so that's optimistic. But I know we talked a little bit. You said that they had chances, and they should have won
1: that game. Starting with the shootout, do you know that Olmark – is the greatest shootout goalie of all time, and that's not even like a joke.
2: What's the minimum shootout attempts for that stat?
1: I don't even know, but he—I want to say his save percentage is over 800 in shootouts, and I think in his career he's allowed five shootout goals before um, Barzal's last night. That's it. And like yeah. Barlov, I think 875. is
2: 75.
1: That's absurd. <laughs> and they they call flurry like a really good shootout goalie and he is and where's he on that list? Are you looking right now? You're just looking at Olmark's.
2: I'm looking right now. It's minimum 40 attempts, so it's a little skewed cuz somebody like so flurry has faced um uh, let's see. Olmark has faced 48 and flurry has faced 335 and flurry is at 731.
1: But for so 48 though and Olmark's a lot how much that's still absurd.
2: He stopped 42 of 48.
1: That is ridiculous. Leonard's, what is he, like 800th on that list? I
2: I remember writing something about Leonard.
1: Probably 500.
2: Leonard's not even on this list. (laughs) I got to literally scroll until next year.
1: He thinks it's a joke.
2: But, yeah, that is actually crazy. So, Olmark, if you want to beat him, thank God. Well, see, I know that I was talking with somebody else about this and how in the playoffs it's going to be, can he really step up? Like, that's when you're going to see. But – There's no shootout in the playoffs, so he's going to have to figure it out. Robin Leonard is 116th out of 119 possible people at 545.
1: How many goals is allowed?
2: He's allowed 56 goals, and he stopped 67. Think about that. 56
1: goals. goals. Yeah. The worst shootout
2: goalie in history is Vesa Toskala.
1: Oh, my God. Vesa Toskala. (laughs) Vesa Toskala. Wow, that's a name. It's a name from the past. Yes, it is. Oh, jeez. Anyway, to the Islanders. So this was – so they obviously they scored one in the shootout. Uh, Varlamov gets deked out of his, his shoes a bit, but I mean, you're going against the Boston Bruins. If, if you bring them to a shootout, they have the better scores. Now for the Islanders, now that it's Bailey's fault, they lost the game, but he missed the net on the last shot. And I get – I understand when the players miss the net. People think like, oh, just accuracy. It's because when you're in the shootout and you're going to shoot it, you either you're, you're going for the smallest of spots. You're either going to miss a net or you're going to hit your spots. And the elite of the elite hit their shots more often than not. Now the Islanders losing the shootout. Wallstrom doesn't go. Now, if you remember what Wallstrom did on TD Garden Ice years ago, he went viral. He was a player during an intermission where he did a spinorama move. Like Lambert maybe forgot would have done that ice. But it turns out, if you watch the game, the Islanders allowed two goals in 19 seconds in the first period. They get one back. Josh Bealy gets one back. It's 2-1. Before, I think, two minutes left in the second period, Forbart uh, scores his first-ever career shorthanded goal. Okay. Now, what happened on that play is Walstrom missed his assignment. After that, Walstrom barely played. Walstrom doesn't go in the shootout. And Lambert said after the game, the reason he didn't play much is because he took a puck to the face earlier in the game, which is true. However, against the New Jersey Devils, Cal Clutterbuck was headbutted by Brendan Smith in the first yeah, I did see that. Looked like it broke his nose. He comes back into the game with a cage and a bloody face. So I got that Wallstrom got hit with a puck. I don't believe the fact that that's why he didn't play. Well, uh, Lambert has yet to throw anyone under the bus. I don't think he's going to go that route, which is completely understandable. But Wallstrom did not play most of that that the rest of that game and get those chances because he made a critical mistake that ended up with the puck back in the back of his net. Obviously, I think Wallstrom should shoot. Holmstrom is a very good shootout taker as well. Hasn't had that chance at the NHL level. That was the Islanders' I want to say first shootout of the season. They were 3 0 in overtime periods, which much better than last year. I think they lost like every, uh, every they lost a lot last year. <laughs> yeah. So this was an Islander game. If you watched, really good start, like probably one of their better starts, but they trailed 2 1 entering the first. They play solid in the second, a feeling out process to start the period. And they did the trail going into the third and they play catch up and they come back and they tie it. Then they go to overtime. And then overtime, though, like Anders Lee was out there in overtime. Very slow player against the Boston Bruins team in overtime. They were outshot six to one. Varlamo was great in regulation. You could say maybe a couple of goals he could do more on, but again, you're going against the Boston Bruins, the elite of the elite. He battled, he played well. The only reason they got to a shootout and overtime was his play. And then you leave Boston. I think Boston had lost, what, five total games this season. They were, whatever, how many wins, four and one. And you brought them to, you got a point. So I guess you take that point and you run with it. Now you're on the road for another couple of games. You play Arizona. It's Arizona. Um, you play Vegas, who is missing? I think pretty much they're missing yeah. Eichel, angelo Theodore, um, another forward, a White Cloud. He's not on the team anymore. White Cloud, correct? So it's a banged up team. And then you face a Colorado team who is without anyone. Yes, they beat the Flyers, but it's the Flyers. Like everyone beats the Flyers. So there's an, and then you come home and you face the Rangers. So now we know the Islanders, Rangers are tied in the standings. Know the Islanders haven't played great hockey. Up to this point, the goaltending has really bailed him out, and you've seen, you know, Sorokin over the last four games for him has not been good. Now I'm not saying he hasn't been; he hasn't been detrimental. It's still Sorokin on a bad day. You take him ten out of ten times over other goalies. He hasn't been as sharp. Varlamo has been amazing, and he's won four of his last. He's won four in a row right now. Four of his last five, or five of his last six. Now he's been a a revelation. I don't know what the honors would have done if they had someone else backing up Sorogan because he's bounced back. But this is an opportunity to get points against good teams. Now, last year, the last time the Islanders had a back-to-back against Arizona and Vegas, Sorokin started both and shut out both of them. I think it was a 4-0 win over four um, over Arizona, 2-0 over Vegas. And obviously, they're not going to do that again. They have Varlamov. You probably play uh, Sorokin against Arizona. He's had their numbers. Varumov's well, going to get Vegas, you would think. And then Colorado, I think you go back to Varamov too. He's been lights out. He's facing his former club. He's played them before in that game. The Islanders came back. That unreal game in uh, UBS earlier in the year. I forgot how many they were trailing in the third, but they come back and win that game. Um, it was just an enormous win. It kind of catapulted them that to get off to the start. They got off, to. This is Islanders team that still needs scoring. And um they lead the NHL in goals amongst defensemen with 21. Dobson's got nine. He had 13 in 80 games last year. He's going to hit around 26 this year. He's second in the NHL in goals behind Carlson, who's got 12. He's been great, but the Islanders' offensive production, I think they're at like 3.2 goals per game. It's pretty much been, you know, their defense has really stepped up. Nelson's been consistent goal scoring right now. Um, but you need you need. We play better five-on-five. Five, that's the Islanders' issue. They're not a good five-on-five five team. They're not good on the power play, even though over the last, I think, 14 games, power plays at around 25%. They were not good yesterday, and you give up the shorthanded goal, which, again, can't happen when your power play is not producing. But the Islanders need a player. And I wrote in a couple articles over the last two days about Bo Horvat, everybody was thinking, okay, we're gonna Islanders, every team's going to be involved. And I heard this morning that the Islanders have already reached out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check out that article at nyhockeynow.com. The Islanders have reached out. Now, what is it going to take? You know, everyone's like, "Oh, trade Varlamov for Horvat or trade Bo." It's like, Canucks don't need that. First off, the Canucks are going to blow things up, which it seems like they're going to trade Besser for nothing, like a third. I forgot who reported that the other day that they could just get him for nothing. Which, I mean, if you have the Islanders and you could give up a third round pick to get a, a Brock Besser, a new environment—that's a lethal goal scorer. Yeah. Um I, I wouldn't take I would take a grain of salt with what he did last year because he went through a lot. I know his, his dad passed away. Or his dad was sorry, his dad was really sick. He passed away this year. Um but Bo Horvat, yes, he's a centerman, but you look at I think he's fifty-eight percent in the dot right now. He'd be the Islanders best or second best face off guy. He's got twenty goals and nine assists in twenty three games. Yeah, he's, and he's
2: also a great start, goal scoring wise.
1: Twenty one percent shooting wise, which again is not sustainable, but you know, if you're the Canucks, hey, Take him now. He's never going to be this good again. Uh, But for the Islanders, like, oh, why do we need to get a center? We have, the Islanders have four centers. It's because you get Horvat. You then put Horvat as your second line center. In my opinion, obviously you put him as your second line center or however you want to do it. Have Nelson move to the wing, which he's played before with Barzal. So have Nelson, Barzal, Wallstrom, your second line becomes Lee Horvat. And let's say it's Bo for now. Who knows if the Islanders trade Bavillier, whatever you want to do. You have Palmieri, you can move up. You have Holmstrom, who's played well. Um, What it would take to get him? It depends. You know, Lamarel's is not one of these guys that is willing to really give up everything for a rental. You saw with Pajot. Would he give up for Pajot? Sign him to a long-term deal immediately. Now, if I'm Horvat's camp, I'm not signing a long-term extension. I could test the market and get a ton of offers and go where I want to go. But you know, if the Islanders want to get him as a rental, they are not to need defensemen. Islanders have a couple prospects wise. You have Salah who hasn't proved himself yet. You have Bolduc who's got 21 points in, I think 26, 27 games for Bridgeport. he, Former second-round pick, 22 years old, was a heart all of last year. He's really played well this year. You have Callie Odilius, who the Islanders just drafted this year. He's 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Six-foot defenseman in the Swedish league over there. Strong, strong player. He's got a couple of points. He's more of a defensive guy. You can put both of those guys and the first-round pick and send that and see if that's enough. Again, it's going to be a bidding war for Horvath. And the more time that gets – you know, you get to go into the deadline, it's on March 3rd. The more teams are going to overpay. And if I'm Canucks, I'm taking the best offer. I don't really care. Horvat doesn't really have much of a say. But he is a former captain. He'd fit right in the room with the way he plays. And he's a goal scorer this year. So I think if the Islanders could get him, he might cost more on the market compared to Timo Meyer just because centers always cost more than wingers. It's just how it goes. Again, we know how good Meyer is and how young he is. But Horvat plays special teams. He's a center. He wins faceoffs. I mean, that's critical in the playoffs, especially when you have guys like Pajot. But well, we'll see what the Islanders want to do. There, there are options out there, but I mean Horvat, as long as you're not giving up your entire like if he's going to sign an extension, you probably got to throw in another first round pick. Again, you have to outbid teams that have much more to give than the Islanders have to give. But it is Lamarillo, he's here to make moves like this. And you're at the time where you understand. I don't know if you understood him not making any moves over the summer in order to increase the the forward group, but you understood, okay, you know, this is the last chance for the islanders to say, you know what, we're gonna run this core back. Last year was a you know, a false, a farce or whatever you want to call it he's done that this year. Some guys have bounced back. Parise has been unreal. Barzal he hasn't scored, but the assists are up. Nelson's continued it. Lee's bounced back. Uh, Palmieri, when he was in the lineup, bounced back. Peugeot has bounced back. The fourth line has bounced back. So you could say that, you know, Lamarillo bent on the forwards and most of them have, have produced better than they were, but you still have guys like Josh Bailey and Anthony Bavilla that are making five and 5.5, uh, 4.15 million, where they've done nothing and speed kills. And that's why Bo still would have, you know, some, People, teams would probably want him on the market just because he's fast and at the very least he pressures opponents. But, you know, those are two guys in your lineup every day that aren't producing. So because the Islanders have 10.8 in available accrued deadline cap space, not only could they fit um, Horvets 5.5 million, if they move one of those guys, they could go and get another defenseman, which they need. Uh, Pellick's out right now, which is their biggest loss, but they've been running Ajo and Salah as the seventh, uh, sixth guy, one of them playing the seventh. Ajo has really taken the chance and ran with it. But Salas back in, but you you need another defenseman. I think that's what you need. But that's secondary to a primary uh, goal scorer. But even after that, if you can move one of those contracts, mm-hmm. you also get another scorer. You know, yeah. maybe maybe one of those third line guys that Lamarillo tends to get. But the Islanders are at least at least a legitimate goal scorer away from even being a. Com- a team that can compete in the cup final. Yeah, they can get, excuse me, compete for a cup. Yes, they can get to the playoffs. But if you don't have guys that in big moments can score goals and you have to rely on one guy, the, the opponents are just going to hone in on that guy and shut them down. And especially when you're not good five on five and you're not great on the power play. you give, And you're just going to rely on your goaltending. You're not going to win. Yes, the Islanders have the advantage given their defense. And they know how to play defensively in the playoffs. But when you get a guy on a fast break or you get a power play chance the minute left and you're down by a goal, You could have a game changer guy. And is Horvat that game changer? I don't know, but you would definitely help them. I think, again, I think Meyer getting one of those guys at Patrick Kane might be better. But at the same time, how many teams want those guys? And Horvat, you might have what the Canucks want. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think Islanders should get rid of Aturatu. I think that'd be, again, especially if it's a rental. You can't have that. That's your top prospect. Or a guy like Meyer, again, proven NHL elite caliber shooter. For a guy that you might have to give up Ratu, but I think for Horvat, regardless if it's a, uh extension or not, you can't move him. That's why I think if they go the defensive prospect way, that's what the Canucks need. Again, who knows? The, Islanders, the Canucks could get a better offer from 30 other teams, and the Islanders might not be giving it a thought. But the fact that the Islanders reached out, which they should have, is a positive, as in Lamarillo is going to be active. Because you're at the point where if you go through the deadline and you don't add to your scoring when you you give yourself no shot at a cup final and again of course the guys believe in themselves they could do it they were how many what they were a game away a goal shy of making it a couple of years ago yeah um but that was a different situation a different team and the island there's a lot I mean, look at this metro team you have the devils on the rise you know there, you have teams here that you're gonna have to beat that you can't match up against speed wise i know the islanders won an impressive game against the devils last friday which is a, a great game a, ga- a great win uh, but yeah, so Brennan, let's move on to the Rangers, shall we?
2: Well, before we do that, I wanted to mention, you mentioned uh, they need a playoff score. Bo Horvath, the last time the Vancouver Canucks were actually on the playoff run was 2019-20. They played 17 games. He scored 10 goals uh, in those yeah. 17 games. So that is a track record right there of somebody that performed on a long stretch run, which would uh, bode well for the Islanders. You did also mention Timo Meyer. That's actually the guy I want the Rangers to go after. I'm not sure how feasible that is, but... I just love his game. I think he brings speed and a shot first mentality that would work amazing on the line with Panarin. So if the Rangers do have that, then let's go for it. But if they don't have the cap and ability to get that, I think they might stay a little more low, you know, low key on who they go after at the deadline. But they're on a four game win streak. You know, it was a very bleak outlook for a long time when you're looking at the Rangers and they were playing well. At least the metrics said they were playing well, especially against all their opponents early on and they just couldn't get the results and analytically and I'm writing an article right now this has been their worst four-game stretch of the season and ironically it's the four-game stretch that they've managed a four-game win streak so it's almost like they went back to last year's Rangers and it's working for them so let's keep it going but I I still have some issues with their lineup I still have issues with Galan I think that He's kind of getting lost in the results right now, and is not making necessary changes. Why is Sammy Blais still in this lineup every night? Makes no sense to me. The guy has zero goals as a Ranger. He, he still has not scored. He still looks completely useless. Somehow, he's on the second power play unit, just bogging that down as well. Vitaly Kratzov hasn't necessarily shown glimpses of you know first overall talent, but. He shows glimpses of skill. And when you have a lineup where Barkley Goudreau is playing on your first line right wing, why not just put Kratsov in that spot, bump Gaudreau back down to his natural fourth line spot, scratch Sammy Blay, and look at that, you have a much more competitive, skilled, and well skating team. So to me, like there's certain changes that could be made, especially while things are going well, that won't, you know, jolt up the lineup too much where you're like, okay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it, you could you could fix a couple of things like that. Losing Sammy Blay from that lineup is not going to make or break that four game win streak. Sorry. Uh, so, coming off the most satisfying one of the season against the Devils, four three overtime win. Philip Edel snapped home that shot. That was I don't know if you saw it, but that was some shot. Um, so they're definitely playing a little bit better, giving you some hope that they can return. More more importantly, Shostakin has started to look more like Shostakin. He's not getting beat by those more soft goals. He seems more composed in the net, which I know was your big thing when he first came into the league, when he was flopping around trying to be too acrobatic is when he was getting beat. So now that he's starting to stay a little more at home, trust his instincts, it's paying off for him. And they beat the Vegas golden Knights before they had this new rash of injuries. They beat the New Jersey devils. They beat the Colorado avalanche. They beat the St. Louis blues who were in the same boat as them. That was a hard fought game. And now you know, Thursday night, you play the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that might be the biggest test on this strike, uh, on the streak, I should say. And if you somehow get past Toronto, you're looking at a weekend that you have Chicago Blackhawks, you have some inferior opponents where you should beat them. We know that that's who the Rangers tend to struggle with, but it's time for a little bit of optimism, I would say, right? You got some, a win streak, which is always great. After Toronto, they play the Flyers and then the Blackhawks on a back-to-back, and then they go into a game against Pitt. So, and the Islanders, too. So it's not an easy stretch of games, but they're 4 and 0 since the stretch has started. We'll see how long that can take. But like you had mentioned with the Islanders, they do look like they need some help. Yeah. They do look like they need some help. I'm not exactly sure where that help will come from. I think that Jacob Truba has been an absolute pile on, on defense, and
1: that's a complete, he fights, though.
2: complete albatross of a contract. It's brutal. And you yeah, know what's, he does fight.
1: You no, know it's crazy. Like he had to fight. You know why he had to fight?
2: In which game? Because that's all. He does
1: right. Why he has to be the one fighting?
2: Because they traded Reeves. Reeves wasn't even playing though, <laughs> and yeah. they also have Gintero. They also have Play, who played, literally does nothing. I, I don't understand why he's on this team. He
1: look off just because he's coming back. Like, is he? Does it, is it just that he needs time?
2: Yeah, we'll give him a little rope to have some slack with, and that yes, he does look like he's still
1: because Anders came back. That was an ACL, right?
2: Yes, he tore his ACL.
1: So Lee came back from a torn ACL. And it took him half the year until the second half for him to, okay, Andersley's back. Like it it took him a a while.
2: And if this was another player, I'd say, yeah, you're correct. But the fact that he hadn't scored prior to tearing his ACL and he's looked like the same player since that. Yeah. He just sucks. Um, the
1: St. Louis blues won the trade.
2: The St. Louis Blues won the trade up front, but the only saving grace was that the Rangers were supposed to use that money to add to the team and re-sign people. And now you find yourself in a situation where the cap looks like it's only going to go up one million next year. And now you yeah. have money bogged down to Truba and Gaudreau, and you have Lafreniere, who's a free agent, and you have Edel, who needs a new contract. Uh, Miller needs a new contract. Like, how are you supposed to be keeping these guys when you have all this money given to people who shouldn't? have it. And I don't think there's any way that you can get Jacob True, but to waive his no-moving clause. I also don't think they're going to ask that question because they just named the guy captain. Uh, But that usually is a curse for Rangers players. Callahan got traded after
1: Tampa.
2: got traded to Tampa. So, Tampa Bay would never do that because they're a good franchise and they know what they're doing when it comes to defense. But Goudreau, this is likely his last year as a Ranger. That three and a half million, if the cap doesn't really go up, has to come off and he doesn't have the ability to say no. So, to me, that's a guy that you look to move and Ryan Carpenter's million comes off. They freed up a little bit of cap now. So it's a, it's an interesting time, but the vibe around the Rangers team is very, very low. Like it's not, not a good vibe at all. Even though they're winning four straight, it's, it's like, cool. You finally have strung something together, but you've done it playing your worst hockey of the year. It, 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 they need to bring it all together. I remember the first three games we were talking and yeah. they beat the lightning, right? They, absolutely dummied the wild like they they looked like they were good like they looked like they were not only just beating teams but they were beating them in all fats the game and then that just slowly started to slip and slide and even when they were playing well and doing what they did those first two games they still weren't winning because mentally they were just cracked so what we have to hope is that this four game streak even though they're not playing good hockey it will carry mentally to when they start playing the way that they were the first 15, 20 games of the season. Now the results will start to transfer over. And if they do, they'll be fine because the reality of the situation is they were in every single game. Uh, They have what, I think it's five overtime losses. So that's five games that went to extra time, that they could have won. That's say you win a couple of those games. Now you're looking at a completely different spot in the standings. I think they've blown four or five multi-goal leads this year. So if, Not good at all. But if you don't blow those four or five multi-goal leads, you're talking about now instead of 15, you're at 19 wins and you're one of the top teams in the league where that's really just the small, narrow margin that the Rangers have been threading. So I don't think it's as bleak as I usually make it look or the fan base is trying to make it look on Twitter. But at the same time, it is pretty bleak when you consider how they've lost games, who they've lost some games to, and the fact that they were not getting results when playing well and it's like, eventually the numbers don't just seem like a fallacy. And if they keep playing as poorly as they have the last four games, the results aren't going to come, but they did it all last year. And it went, they went to the conference final. So it's really hard to argue with results.
1: I mean, if the Rangers, let's say the Rangers lost the last four, right? Is Gallant out of a job?
2: I think that if the Rangers did not win that game against the blues, yeah. That would have been a serious – I don't necessarily think it would have been jury. I think it would have been James Dolan, which scares me, the fact that now he's poking around with those greasy fingers and into the What, what do you mean? Been, what
1: do you mean it would have been you know, Dolan to do what?
2: James Dolan is the one that would have had to jump in. I don't think jury wants to fire go I think jury oh, wants to see it play okay. out, but Dolan probably would have come, came in there the same way that uh, John Davidson and yeah. Jeff Gordon got let go. That was because Dolan was not happy with how they got tossed around by the Caps. So, whenever he comes in, I don't think they like
1: the comment either the the email, not was it the email or the post about like how the, the league, like they're boycotting or whatever that Wilson got to play or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. The, he
2: the he was not a fan of that whole situation, how it played out. So, when Dolan comes in, that's when rash decisions happen, which in this case might not have been the worst thing. But I think he has salvaged his job for a little bit. If he continues to prove unable to make adjustments, where yeah. like the the two that I just mentioned seem like a no brainer, right? I, I mean,
1: always those.
2: <laughs> it, it, I just don't get why Sammy Blay has not been removed from the lineup. And part of me thinks it's because if they take him out and scratch him for a game, then they're yeah. basically admitting that they lost that boot trade so handily. And to save face, they are continuing to play him, even though it's on the fourth line, even though he hasn't produced. They just won't scratch him because of that, because of their you know Huber's sake. So. Hopefully that changes, but they're in a spot where they can take this mentally, get over that hurdle of not getting results and hopefully turn it around because we all know that the Rangers, when they're playing their game, are not the eighth ranked team in the Eastern Conference. And we all know that they should be and are able to be good teams. The question is, can they do it consistently enough to now get out of this hole that they've dug themselves in? And like I tweeted out, they need a 625 win per, a point percentage over the last 52 games to get to that 100-point mark, Islanders now are in that same boat. You're going to need 100
1: and points to make the playoffs. It, the playoffs. It
2: seems like it, right? They, yeah. It really does. This Eastern Conference is absolutely loaded. I wish both teams were in the West because <laughs> it's just
1: be a, cakewalk, a yeah.
2: dumpster fire over there, but my God, man, this East is... like Even the teams behind the Rangers and Islanders right now, right? the Capitals have won five straight. They're now a point back. They have one game, uh, one more game played than both the Islanders and Rangers. Detroit, yeah. two fewer games. They're three points back of them. Montreal has even played 28 games, and they're only five points back. Florida is starting to play a little more consistent. Buffalo, you never know what they can do. Like, this conference is loaded.
1: Isn't Detroit? Uh, Yeah,
2: Detroit's two games fewer played, and they're only a couple of points back. And then you look at the teams that are ahead of the Rangers, right? They're all within reach pretty much besides Boston, who at this point is just giving them the President's Trophy. But everybody else is still – you know, devils back to a,
1: the devils lost three in a row at this point.
2: That's something to look out. They have lost three in a row. I I I was it's saying once team. they once they suffer a couple of losses, that's when you're gonna see how good they really are because they are so young. And it's not a knock on that team. It's not gonna be a fire, Lindy Rough thing, it's not anything like that. When you lose a couple of games, it's hard to get that mojo back, especially when you were as good as they were for the first 25 games. Like it that's a long stretch of success to all of a sudden lose a couple and try to regain it. And now they lost the Islanders, their rivals. The Devils, the the Rangers, who are their rivals, and then they lost it the back to back against Dallas. So if they can fall back down, this whole entire division gets so
1: much more interesting. So like I think that if the Devils do make the playoffs, which they should, but you know you never know it collapses. I yeah. think they get swept in the first round. It's just a young, you get there and it's amazing. But so many guys on your team have have never played in the you know in the playoffs. It's, it's the it.
2: goaltending for me too. Like, Vanicek's having a great year. Blackwood has been solid.
1: You got to treat Blackwood. Schmid has been, first off, we got to watch Schmid play. Yep. Went well, for Schmid, excuse me. When we got, when we worked for uh, Bainton, right? yep, was hey, he there? He has
2: been better. I, Holtz was not there that year. Bocos was
1: Jagor Sharangovich was our favorite player, yes, and play. so was Fabian,
2: Fabian Zetterlin was yeah. there as well.
1: We had to make those uh, those Valentine's Day things. For <laughs>
2: Well, oh my know. god. I those were so corny.
1: I might have that safe still on Google Docs in there, but
2: I deleted my Photoshop, so that is nowhere on my
1: that was a, that was a fun thing. Anyway, yeah, the devil's are one of those teams like do you trust their goaltending? vanacek has been great. Blackwood has been hurt and he just continued. like he's not good, but he's in there, to be quite honest. And I think that he's nothing more than a, a mediocre NHL goalie. You guys yeah. had the whole thing with the, the vaccine and
2: Yeah, Vanacek's it's taken it. that that number one and kind of ran with it, but it didn't Jack work for Hughes Washington.
1: Jack Hughes is a monster.
2: Jack Hughes is extraordinarily he good.
1: He played seven minutes and thirty seconds from straight. So from seven thirty left in the third till the end of the game against the Islanders. He did not leave the ice. You know how many I thought minutes it was six oh two. Oh, was it six oh two? I think I'm it was six oh two. You know how many minutes uh Salo played that game in total? Around was, six
2: minutes. Yeah, that's you know, like that's <laughs> just uh, That's a crazy shift I'm sure there were A couple of timeouts Maybe a TV timeout Linked into that That kept them out there was a only...
1: shift In NHL history
2: Yeah But that doesn't necessarily Mean it was six minutes Of running clock Like there had to be Some breaks
1: Maybe it was seven thirty total, including cover. I don't know. I
2: I don't know, but it's just it's bonkers that he's out there. It's bonkers how good he is, and the Devils are going to be an absolute you know force in the next couple of years. How they handle this year is
1: if they could go and get a legitimate number one, a legitimate number one, maybe get another defenseman. This team is so young. It's what we were saying with the Rangers. How they they're even younger I think than the Rangers, or they're Uh, young players or. Or their young players are just making more of an impact, which is probably. Well, really their young
2: players are definitely making more of an impact. Awesome
1: Will, unreal player. He's yeah, unreal I player. haven't
2: even talked about Lafreniere. I'm avoiding that because I have nothing good to say about him. So that's just not For not being call. talked about. Yeah, it's it's just can't can't mention him at all. But the Devils are good. <laughs> They're a very good team Carolina just remains good You know Pittsburgh all of a sudden now is good again I hate them so much I, I don't understand how they could be so bad And then just decide, you know, today we're going to play hockey and...
1: always sleeps through the first half Or three-fourths of a season And then when it's time, to like, alright guys You guys got to put it into gear And they just fucking go, excuse me And they just go on a run, <laughs> it, on a run.
2: it is a little ridiculous how They just continue and to And has
1: been good, Crosby's Crosby Malkin looks good again yeah. Which they need. Latang back from a stroke already. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Crosby quietly is having an MVP type of season. Crosby
1: is quietly having an MVP. MVP that is type very of
2: true. Season. I also, before we wrap up, do do want to mention, which we haven't yet, that Marner's at, what, 23 straight games at a point, 24 yes. straight games at a point. I don't think that that's getting talked about nearly enough. It's like a hitting streak in baseball. When somebody gets to 20, people start to whisper, but they're also like, oh, the record's 56. 56 is not getting touched, okay? 20 is amazing. And the fact that Gretzky had a 52 straight games at a point, that, that's also not getting touched. So let's talk Excuse about Mitch Marner.
1: Excuse me. No offense No offense to Gretzky and anything he did. But like, the goaltending was abysmal. You still got to uh, do yeah. it, and he's still yeah. against his time. Like, again, nothing to do with – it's not He also game.
2: averaged, like, three points per game yeah. over that stretch. So that's
1: – It's not Gretzky's fault. <laughs> it's just situation. Like, if Gretzky played now and he came up during uh, – he'd be unreal now, and he'd be doing the same stuff he was probably doing like McDavid is, where they make, they make these goalies look like absolute nothings, and they just score the re- most ridiculous goals we've ever seen. But, yeah, Mitch Marner, is Mitch one of those guys that, like, he could just – he's played some defense this year, too.
2: He has. He looks. He honestly looks amazing, and I think that this is the time now on Thursday we're going to see which streak ends. Will the Rangers win streak end or will Marner's point streak end? Because I don't think the Rangers win that game if Marner gets a point.
1: If Marner gets a point, you don't think the Rangers win?
2: If Marner gets a point, then that to me just means that they're not shutting down that top grouping for the Maple Leafs, and that's a problem for them. So I think that if the Rangers want to win that game, they're going to have to be able to shut down that line. So to me, from my perspective, one of those streaks will end. Is that true? Probably not, right? Marner could get a point point. the Rangers could still win. But I do think that for the Rangers to win, that Marner has to be held pointless, which means one streak will end.
1: There's got to be a boost somewhere. Marner uh, Marner point, Maple Leafs win. There definitely
2: game. is. I mean, I can't if bet anymore. So What is that, it right
1: now, though? If he's on a 20-game point streak.
2: Oh, uh, minus heavy. Yeah, right? Minus heavy. Normal, normal. like, McDavid's, you know, even Panarin, Barcelona, all those guys that are usually getting point per game, they're usually minus 150 to get a point.
1: We didn't talk about him, but Robertson in Dallas. Do you know, know what he's, he's been doing?
2: About Tage Thompson.
1: Well, first off, he's a... You know he's Brent Thompson's son, the Islanders AHL coach, right?
2: I just know that he's unreal, and he's also seven foot nine. So the guy is impossible to off the go puck.
1: Are the experts, how can you give Thompson that contract this offseason? He's done nothing, and, and Thompson said, "Hold my beer or Gatorade or whatever." You the know
2: that he still is. isn't on that contract yet. That kicks in next That's year,
1: right? Yeah, but you're still like you're you're giving that guy that money because you believe he could be that player.
2: Yeah, so now they have a fifty goal scorer locked up for seven years at seven million.
1: They have Jack Eichel again.
2: <laughs> a better goal scorer than Jack Eichel, yeah. not a better point producer, but it's that franchise is on the come up. The Devils are on the come up, and I don't like it. But at the same time, the Rangers and Islanders are still relevant, and let's see what they can do. I am looking forward personally to their game coming up because I think that that's the true litmus test for both teams now that they're both they split, right neck and neck. Uh, no, the Islanders won the first
1: two. Duh.
2: Yeah, the Rangers need to get a win. And I think this one is at e- MSG or UBS.
1: Wow, they only play one game at UBS. UV- a- and
2: they already did like, it. So,
1: schedule guys, I don't know what they're, they were on where every rivalry matchup is like just twice or three times a year. It's ridiculous. And how do you have them all in the first half?
0: Like, uh, this I don't should
1: know. be like one of the la- like the Rangers and Islanders, first off, every year, we play the last week of the season. Quite frankly, the last game. Yeah, you know, it's marketing. The last game probably people get views. Second or third to last game because if it's going to come down to these two teams fighting for a wild card spot, oh my god! If they play like the last week of the season, that hype up for that game would be insane. Now they they're done.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I wish the Rangers were playing at UBS because they're nine four and one on the road and they're six six and four at home. I I don't know why their game changes so much when they get home, but I sent you the splits of Shosturkin. Shosturkin is Vezina level like last year, even better actually on the road and at home. He's just you know, he's Mackenzie Blackwood.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate. All right, Brennan, this was a fantastic show. I will uh talk to you from Arizona. Should be fun. You know, it's gonna be cold, it's going 50 degrees.
2: Yeah, it's not all of that. It's not warm.
1: If you want I, warm, I, I go think to Learning in science class when I was in elementary school and paying attention that it does get really freaking cold in the desert.
2: Yeah, they have some uh. They have some mountains and some parts of Arizona that are really hot and some parts of Arizona that are really cold.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I was was expecting to bring shorts and a T-shirt, but we're going to have to go with joggers. and
2: <laughs> Enjoy the uh, mullet. Stay – keep all your fingertips intact. And... Yes,
1: I will not be fighting a soul. And if I <laughs> fought anyone, I'd lose. So why would I ever take that chance?
2: That's fair. But I've been you, – you got a mouth on you.
1: That—that That is the issue. that <laughs> My dad, fun, before we let it go, but I, when I was growing up and going to Ranger Island I was never allowed to go to a Ranger Islander game. My dad wouldn't take me because he goes, You're gonna open your mouth and I'm gonna have to defend you. My dad's not my dad's five six. It's like no offense to him. I love him. He's not fighting anyone or winning in that in in that matter. And he, he like but he would have no choice if I opened my mouth. So, you know, it is what it is. But uh Brennan, always a pleasure talking to you. This was a fun episode. I think it was very informative too on Rangers Islanders and the grade eight, the grade eight gets eight hundred. I think that headline is writes itself there. Grade eight gets eight hundred. I mean
2: beautiful thing. Beautiful yeah, exactly. thing. But we will yeah. hopefully do this again sooner than the
1: yeah. break between the last two. After the Rain Drylander game, too.
2: Absolutely. Before. Absolutely. Uh, hopefully New York hockey stays in the playoffs and we will see. But until next time, take care, everybody.
0: The Back Check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of The Back Check. Follow the show on social media at Pod.